Yo, what's really good? What's really good? It's your girl Toya G. We made it to March, y'all. March 2023, first Thursday night of the month. And you already know where we at. And uh, hopefully you pulling up. Hopefully you telling people you hitting like, you hitting love, you letting us know in the comments and in the chat where you from. But you know, you should hit share too and let other people know the chop up show is on. It's time to get it in. It's time to talk about a couple of different things. I'm here with the political plug, uh, looking good and feeling good himself. We're gonna talk about what's in that cup. We're gonna leave that for the off, uh, you know, offline broadcast right. conversation. Um, but exactly. more importantly than anything, we look at face first into the weekend and about to have a great conversation with y'all as we head into our Friday. Uh, it's Thursday night. Good evening. What's really good, plug? How you doing? Man, uh, it's a uh, it's an interesting Thursday, um, which you know we could go ahead and get right into it. Um, and you know, I, I came across a report uh, over the week from uh, a few weeks ago, end of February, that came out, um, which which really sparked a very interesting conversation in my head, and, and it had to do with white terrorism, white mm-hmm. terrorism. And you hear me correctly. A few years ago, the FBI came out with a report that said that one of the greatest domestic threats to uh, the United States was white supremacist violence. And, you know, a a lot was going on. So it kind of really, you know, went under the radar. But as of recently, the uh, Anti-Defamation League actually came out with a more recent report uh, to just discuss what happened in 2022 in in a study entitled Murder and Extremism in the United States in 2022. When y'all get the opportunity, check that out. Uh, again, you know, it's the chop up show research over me search. So uh, mm-hmm. we're not, we, we, we're going to bring uh, the actual research to you. Um, but what it pointed out in that study is that in, um, in 2022, domestic extremists killed at least 25 people in the United States in mm-hmm. 12 separate incidents. This represents a decrease from the 33 extremist related murders documented in 2021 and is comparable to the 22 extremist related murders in 2020. It continues the recent trend of fewer extremist related killings after a five year span. So that while they're current, they're, they're decreasing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, last year was, was, was really bad or, or excuse me, 2021 was really bad. Um, 2022 saw a decrease, but the uh two the 2022 murder totals would have been much lower if not for two high casualty extremist related shooting sprees uh, and only 10 of the 25 deaths occurred outside of those sprees and that's including uh the shooting that took place at the at the uh, tops grocery store in buffalo new york um mm-hmm. where 10 black people lost their lives so uh we see that e- even though there is this decrease the most interesting thing about uh, what what the uh, Anti-Defamation League was able to point out and what they was able to identify about what was going on with these shootings was that it's a particular group that's perpetrating, mm-hmm. a very specific group, right? And it's going to be interesting as we have this conversation because it, when we have political dialogue, especially when we talk about um, the left versus right, you know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of conversations about us. It's, it's, it's grouped all in, right? But when we look at this type of violence uniquely, we see that there is specifically right-wing extremists mm-hmm. that are carrying out these acts of violence. Over the yeah. past decade, right-wing extremists have committed the majority of extremist-related killings in all years but one. That's 2016, um, and that was the spree at a Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, by a person motivated by Islamist, Islamist uh, extremism. Mm-hmm. But of the 444 people killed at the hands of extremists over the past 10 years, 335 were killed 
by right wing extremists. If we look at all of 22, all of 2022, the uh, the uh, uh, the mass shootings related to any ideological beliefs were all associated with right wing extremists. All 100 percent. Any time there was a murder that took place due to some ideological beliefs, right wing extremists was at the helm of it. Now, you know, I think this distinction that you're making is important just because I want you all to, I mean, we have to be honest about the fact that there are clearly left wing extremists, right? We've heard of uh-huh. QAnon, we've heard of those kind of leftist organizations that have attempted to kind of fight fire with fire and have, you know, pulled into their own ideological toolboxes and bags to fight for what they believe are leftist rights. However, these are not the people carrying out they're not going to find a bunch of conservatives somewhere. They're not going out to find a whole bunch of right-wing people and commit violence against them, or even just a random benign group of white people who don't agree with them or black people that don't agree with them. They're not seeking out other populations and taking them out. It is very specifically people of a particular right orientation, a particular uh, a penchant for conservatism, and the kind of more extreme speaking points thereof that then they get to take and rattle off and kind of use to develop their own very interesting brand of that particular logic. And 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 if you look even closer, what you see is eighty four percent of the uh, individuals that committed the this type of violence in two thousand twenty two was associated with white supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> like these 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 are very, like this is very specific. If anybody was shooting people or committing acts of violence based on what it is that they believed. It was conservative extremists. Yeah. Because we keep saying right wing, but I want to make sure we know who we're talking about. Conservatives, conservatives, people who vote Republican, Trump supporters, etc. We need no confusion when we have this conversation. Right. right. People who watch Fox News. If that's no, like, an important <laughs> deviation because we don't, you know, attempt to assuage or kind of remove ourselves from the particularities of white people. And their orientations toward like the the current climate or the status that we exist in, but there's a very particular brand of people that we should be concerned about, and that make up a lot of these numbers. I also want to take a minute to shout out Winter Dragon, shout out Kaaria, shout out Leslie. What's good, y'all? Family time happening in the comments, so I definitely love that. But I want to make sure it's clear, right? I think Crystal that we look at the very specific particularities of who goes to the lengths that are being gone to, to perpetuate terrorism in this country, right? And this is capital T terrorism. This is also one thing, Plug, and I'm going to turn it back over to you. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of people are like, you know, we because we posted something about this on the page. We've been having different conversations about this elsewhere. People like, obviously, like, clearly, this is, you know, kind of obvious to us. And that's because I think as Black people and as uh, other people in this society, we've always known, right, white people, to carry a level of terrorism in them, right? Lowercase t terrorism, if you will. Right? We, we, right. we live our existence under that understanding that they have the capacity to terrorize our real lives, our neighborhoods, our communities, terror, terrorize us in the workplace. Everybody like, oh, work from home is over. And wondering why Black people specifically are resistant to that is that we were getting away from the terrorism that were at our jobs, right? And so we've always equated it to lowercase t terrorism, but now they done got so invested in their plotting and planning and the materialization of their ideo- ideologies that the, the government is like, no, that's capital T, terrorism, right? And we know that the, the word terrorism is one that has a particular uh, level of codification, codification, the root word there meaning code, 
right? So it's coded a particular way. When we say terrorist in this society, as particularly in Western American society, a certain image pops up. Right. right. Or the what, right. what Dominique is describing, what the plug is describing is that it's about to be a certain image used to pop up and now a whole different image of what it means to terrorize an entire republic of people is shifting. And now we're looking at capital T terrorism. That's mm-hmm. being perpetuated by a very specific group. That's why the fodder for this conversation is so interesting because what we are in right now, y'all, is a dynamic time of change. Socially and politically, we know these, but something right. very, very interesting. From- What's up, Andrea? Uh, and, and the one thing I the one thing I want to remind folks of is the fact that this isn't just like t- 2022. As pointed out in the data, this is a 10-year trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me pull up this. Uh, let me pull this back up here. Uh, I mean, if 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 we look at it again, out of 444 deaths in the last 10 years that have been committed by the uh, domestic terrorists, ideological terrorists. Um, what you will see, 330 something were committed by right wing extremists, mm-hmm. all movements. Now, and, and this and look, and this includes look at the data, left wing extre- extremism, where they group anarchists and black nationalists, right? That's four mm-hmm. percent. Domestic Islamic terrorism is a little bit higher at 20 percent. And then you know, they got all the, the, the miscellaneous, but come on, we're talking about out of the last 10 years. There have been more, there have been more violence, there have been more deaths caused by people associated with right-wing conservative movements than any other group by far. And it's not mm-hmm. even close. Mm-hmm. And so when, when people are complaining about our issues with conservatism, they think it's an issue of, oh, well, you know, it like nah, y'all just don't like free thinkers. When people complaining about issues of conservatism, they think it's an issue of, well. Uh, 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 y'all been uh, what they call it? Y'all been co-opted. Y'all been brainwashed by Democrats. But then, like you was hold on, hold on, hold on. But then, like you was pointing out, like you was pointing out, mm. when you bring up the issue, even amongst left-wing leftist liberal circles, there's this conversation of, well, we know they violent. That's just that. But and then people will turn around and say this, Toy. Mm. They turn around and say, at least we know where they stand with us. See the, the liberals and the and the and the leftists they act like they're your friends, right? But conservatives, we at least know how they feel. Yeah, we know how they feel to the point where they like they shooting shit up to let niggas know where they stand with that. Listen, and I mean, we've you said something very unique in terms of knowing where they stand, and you also used the word brainwashing a couple seconds ago. And shout out to Miss Maisha, shout out to J Universe, Andre. I think I said what's up to you. I was also in mid thought when I said what's up. What's good with y'all? Um. But we had an episode, this is probably a year ago, you, me, and Lee, talking about what's happening with little white boys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's mm-hmm. happening with the young white men in this country? Look at Dylan Roof, one of the people on that list, right, of potential uh, uh, white domestic terrorists, right? He, what, what, what happened with the, well, no, Dylan Roof was the one who shot up the church in North Carolina, right? Now, right. Rittenhouse is the other individual, right, who can, right. We can look at as a perpetrator, of white domestic terror. We can also look at, you looked up the young man's name who was responsible for the top shooting up in Buffalo. What was his name? His, his name is, is weird to pronounce, uh, but it's like Peyton. Peyton. 
Last yes, name is Peyton something. Or, or uh, Peyton Gendron. Peyton we ain't Gendron. Give none of them too much airtime, but I do want to identify their names yeah. because they specifically Peyton set and got his sentence for the Buffalo shooting just about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, and admitted that he was brainwashed. Admitted that he fell for bullshit that he heard and saw on the media that he was being the right wing conservative media that he was taking in and the talking heads and the uh uh, uh what is the word I'm, I'm looking for the dogmatist right mm-hmm. of those particular spaces uh were the ones who kind of captivated him and he was like i fell for the rules of really feeling like these people were so different from me and i went and went out of my way to go kill them right but there is a level of indoctrination with this capacity for terrorism there's a there's a wedding of an appetite that's happening and it always has to be right that is materializing in interesting ways so that's just the one thing i was thinking about was you talk about kind of being so assertive and flat-footed in their orientation toward that level of right-wing extremism. It's being taught. It's being spoon-fed. And what we usually see in a lot of these perpetrators and a lot of these domestic terrorist situations that these are young white boys. That's just, that's also not a coincidence either. The thing about that, though, is I feel like our problem, the, 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 the main problem that we didn't ran into is we've become desensitized hmm. to how wild white supremacist violence operates. Like we've and, and like it's it's kind of like what we refer to as gratuitous violence, or or uh, Frank Wilderson refers to as gratuitous violence, right? Like that, like the type of like that beating is is wholly unnecessary. You know what I mean? But that but the reason why it's unnecessary is to prove a point. Mm-hmm. Like we've we've literally become like even when we hear these things, when we see these things, whether it's like the 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 uh like the extra the extrajudicial killings and how like it's a bunch of even international code that 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 type of stuff violates but we mm-hmm. kind of just sit back and be like damn it's happened again like damn it's going on again like damn they just expected at this point yeah but see and, and that's the thing and it, it's like are we conditioned to like watch ourselves endure this type of violence you know what I mean like are we conditioned to see these type of things and be like well like, at least we know what we get with them. Like, come on. Like, we're talking about in the last 10 years, the people with the biggest beef with black people have been the most violent. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and there's an entire political spectrum dedicated to these people that feeds information to these people, that caters to these people. You know what I mean? And then these and these types of reports come out, but they're not implicated in, 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 in what that means and what that looks like. Fox right. News has the capacity to be the most popular uh, a, a news network in the in the really in the world, but that shit in the country for sure. A lot of the people that's committing a lot of these acts of violence stem from Fox News, like our avid Fox News viewers. Mm-hmm. But when these type of when these type of acts of violence take place, and 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 they're recognizing how they've been brainwashed, they're recognizing how like they've been uh, you know what I'm saying a do- like, uh, pretty much co opted by the dogma. I mean, Fox you, News don't get held accountable. And we don't even think the whole Fox News accountable. At all. And you know why they don't get held accountable? Because they get to talk about the story. They get to put the story on their uh, in their rotation to talk about. But you know what they're always boiling down to? That doggone mental health. The need for yeah. mental health. They're, and those are, those are these menial concessions that conservatives... Because, look, in any other instance... They feel like we are a bunch of uh, marshmallows, a whole bunch of little cupcakes, a whole bunch of pushovers. The word that I'm looking for is snowflake. I was looking for a word that demonstrates toughness and the lack of mental toughness and capacity to deal with and endure real life. 
So in any that other they particularly interview, use shit. for us, huh? That they particularly use for us. That's like exactly they right. That. When they look at us like, and how yeah. we deal with the mental barriers, with the anxieties, with the issues of living in a white supremacist world, they scoff at that. Or I mean, even outside of just black people, when they look at millennials, when they look at Gen X, when they look at individuals and how they've come to deal with political systems and structures, they're like, oh, these new kids are just weak, right? But oh, when it's time for them white people to be accountable for the shooting, the mass shootings that they that, that they participate in, that they sons is out there running the streets, perpetuating, then all of a sudden it's time oh. for us to wick in and have a real conversation about mental health. Oh, another mass shooting, it's time to talk about mental health. Oh, no changes in gun control or gun policies. We need to be investing more in mental health. We need to have another conversation about that. And so it ends up being so convenient and disgusting that Fox News will sit up there and peddle these messages. They'll talk about the shit, but they'll only do so in the context and in the packaging that makes it palatable for the people who still want to make sure their white right-wing extremist agenda is intact. Right? Shout out to Vance in the chat. What's good? I, but what I think is what I think is dangerous about that, Toya, is like, I get where people people try to go to the UN for stuff. Like, even Malcolm X was like, we need to be going to the UN for these types of issues because mm-hmm. what's happening to us as a people if it was happening to anybody else, they would be sending in the UN, Absolutely. right? Like it, it would be considered war crimes. It would be considered, it would be considered, you know, like against, you know, like the like the moral fabric of, of the society that we're trying to create. But because it's happening to black people, it's like, eh, that's kind of a part of the thing. Again, yeah. like if, if we if we look at the fact that out like 330 something deaths come from a, a group of people who think a particular way, if we look at what happened with 9-11 immediately after islamic extremism showed like what they felt like its grand face it was like we got to get the legislation out like that mm-hmm. we gotta get the legislation out like that but but forget forget that like you know congress and how they thinking about it what are the people demanding like we as black people what when we hear this when we hear the tops grocery store shooting like when we mm-hmm. like when we got to endure the imagery and they show like those 10 people that lost their lives and they keep plastering their faces on you know what i'm saying on on, on the internet and and, and uh, on our tv screens i mean where we feel that sadness but then what do we demand right like what's like what then becomes I mean, important to us I, I sometimes i think there there's an exasperation with not only where are the demands but like who do we make the demands to like vo asked in the chat you know, can we sue? Can Fox News be sued? And of course, they're a corporation. They can be held accountable through law. But the questions mm-hmm. become like, what is on what merits and what basis? Is this a, ca- a class action shoot, suit and who represents us? And is our representation competitive, right, with the representation from Fox? And what are the arguments, right, on what grounds, right? The question grounds being equivalent to what evidence, what material thing that can be argued as objective can be used to defend the nature of what Fox News and the, the, the Fox News, the seeds Fox News plants and the insidiousness of those right. seeds, right? It becomes very difficult to, and this is why we get into the UN thing. Well, we would have called the UN over there when any other instance we would have been called or the UN would have been called over there, but who polices the police, right? There is just, there are no systems, there are no benevolent systems of power that exist that are objective enough to alleviate and particularly the disinterest of a lot of systems and institutions when it comes to black people and their issues to say y'all being real fucked up to black people here's what we're gonna do about it there's no wagging finger there's no structure legal legislative executive right that i think has the capacity and the interest 
to start to divert some of the intentional ways that these the, the, this violence is able to happen. And, and an interesting thing about even suing Fox News, Dominion Voting Systems and, and mm-hmm. uh, the other the vo- other voting company, they have a little bit more leeway because Fox News did get a little bit extra in, in terms of what it was allowing to be said on a platform that equated to defamation. But to be clear, though, Fox News has been pretty effective in the past in holding off those type of suits by being able to say, like, look, like this, like this is just commentary that we're not saying people should take serious. We're not we like this is entertainment, right? The, the the Tucker Carlson defense was literally like Tucker shouldn't be taken serious. And I want to be clear about what we're talking about with Dominion and with the other company. I can't remember the name of them either. They are the ones who control the ballot boxes and huh? Dominion and uh, Smartmatic voting systems. Smartmatic voting systems. They're the ones who supply the ballot boxes or the electronic machines that collect the ballots, collect the votes and tabulate them to be sent as official results. The argument that they they made against Fox News is that when Fox News was getting up hollering about the election being stolen and the uh, election results being false and this, that, and the other, that uh, implicitly had negative implications for those particular uh, companies and their materials and what they the data that they collect and what they produced and so in a lot of ways they were like y'all are being libelous y'all can't sit up here and talk shit about us and say that our machines are messed up drag our names through the mud and what that is de facto what you do when you argue that the mm-hmm. results were inaccurate and so they were mm-hmm. able defamation they were able to uh derive their lawsuit from objectively just looking at Fox News clips of them saying the election <laughs> results were wrong. The election was stolen. Yeah. The people, the the, the the thing, the ballot boxes are rigged. That you know what I'm saying, yeah. like whatever. And so that was along, why they, hmm? along with Toya, the mm-hmm. text messages and emails that that was that was going back and forth between Fox employees. That was like we don't even believe this shit. Yes, that's we don't the most even important think part. This is true. But we got run with it because they watching. Right. They clicking. They got the app. They got this. We running it up. And so we just going to go ahead and finish, you know, telling our lie. And so that was why that particular legal pursuit was able to happen. But in another, another world, maybe not so much. And and I want to and I want to particularly direct this like this the statement I'm about to make to all of the people that talk about uh, slavery being over. Because we just talked about how Akon was making comments about, you know, Africans being getting over slavery, you know, people in synagogue being being over slavery and all of that. Mm-hmm. When we talk about black people being conditioned to see the violence that occurs to people that look like them and still just kind of continue about their day without really, you know I mean, like actually feeling the horror that other people endure, right? Is that's a question of slavery. Mm-hmm. Like what we have to see other black people go through, um, and and like throughout the process of, of chattel slavery made it to where that like it, it's it's like we it numbed our soul absolutely right like we we feel the pain internally but we've literally been like conditioned to watch that violence and recognize that violence as a regular thing of society and so that it's, it's not a question like when we talk about being desensitized to, to to violence of whiteness why we are okay with these people not being called terrorists is because we've been conditioned to recognize that violence as a necessary function. Yeah, that it's, it's a it's a necessary uh, a part of being black in America, enduring that type of violence. That mm-hmm. is a question of slavery. So when white people are sitting back thinking like, I mean, even the white people that make this statement, uh, what what what, what they say to you, um, you know, when, when if black people like actually kind of thought about what it was like and decided to be like, 
forget it. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like, mm-hmm. like and flip and be like, we're not taking this shit no more. Like it's it, it'd be a terrifying day. They can sit back and know that because of the, the like the conditioning that we've been doing. That day's probably never gonna come. Yeah, they ain't that's, what they, that's what they believe. So, it, that's what they believe, right? And I think that, in a nutshell, is what makes. I think that that, in a nutshell, is what makes uh, the violence that we're talking about it make it possible. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it possible. the The fact that. The way how we look and understand whiteness in America comes down to that's the like what they call the transcendental signifier. Uh-huh. That's the whiteness is the standard. You know what I mean? And so it's like as long as the, as long as that that violence is is able to be under that veil, America will make it possible for that violence to continue. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it, it's literally it's, it's an empowering thing. Like these people go through and commit these acts of violence because they feel like they have the support of like the country as a whole behind what it is that they're trying to do. Absolutely. So, I mean, so from your perspective, um, and like, in what ways would you like? Would you say white supremacist violence is uh, empowered in America in twenty twenty three? Um, I think. I mean, I feel like it's it's spoken about very indirectly. Right. I think and this goes back to what I was talking about before. I think peppered into, you know, conversations and news media and news and media and the coverage of different incidents. There are people willing to go as far as to talk about um, and call out terrorism for what it is. But the slander and smear campaigns we saw after 9-11, right, the ways that uh, Muslim folks were and not even Muslim folks. y'all. We got to remember these were Sikh people. Right, who also wear hair wraps and were being misconceived and misinterpreted uh, as Muslim. These were racially ambiguous people who, during that time, if you just looked a certain way, had a certain type of beard, had you know any type of misperception or conception about how you lived your life, you were up for being attacked. Right, any type of Middle Eastern folks. Indian folks, I'm talking about mm-hmm. brown people in general, went through a lot. And so it wasn't a way of political cartoons. Just everywhere you look, there were kind of a, there's a predisposition toward rejecting them who they are everything they're about and being skeptical and suspicious before anything else about those people and we never saw the same we never seen the same relationality to white people to white men to white masculinity and so when i look at how white supremacists are empowered to commit their type of violence it is because their name and their faces are not being plastered on wanted posters right mm. and what i mean is just just their their general essence are not being put up on display as the ones we should be scrutinizing and being uh, skeptical of. And that's because you would have to have white men and white women who are the majority of, you know, the faces of our media sit up here and talk about and have to admit that your cousins, your uncles, your friends, the people who you go to church with, the people on your bowling league, the people who you you love, let's be real, the people you know what I'm saying, have a high propensity and should, you know, we should be skeptical of them. And so I think our society, um, enables why right? you asked in what ways do i see american culture empowering a white supremacist violence and i think it's because it enables white supremacist violence it's not call out white supremacist violence i believe who am i talking about is it yancey who wrote the book called look a white it might not have been was it george yancey who yeah, wrote yeah, it's yancey, yeah. And what he was specifically talking about was the kind of translucence 
of white whiteness, right? And how it exists in very real and material ways, but yeah. deserves and needs to be called out and to be identified in the same ways that blackness or otherness is easily identified and called out and made spectacular and made big. In the yeah. same ways, we have to find ourselves relating to white people and whiteness and the skepticism we have in those same ways. But that ain't some shit they about to do, right? And so, yeah, we have I, the capacity of it all. That's why that trans that that word translucence. You know what I'm saying? It's because it's it's present. Yeah, you know I mean, but we we look through it. Opaqueness you, is, I think, another word that's a little bit more in a, in the line meant with what you well, know. Well, no, I mean, but but translucence described the side of the spectrum Absolutely. that white, like we as black people. Right, we represent you know that that opaque nature, right? Like we are like what you see, right? Like what what's present for black people is like how we are defined, as opposed to white people being able to look at these other examples of this type of violence and look at other white people and say, well, that's not us, right? Right, and I think that's another that's another way that's another thing that empowers this like this type of violence is for white people to not really not they don't have to feel the brunt of when other white people do wild shit. Mm-hmm. Like as a black man, if, especially like the six foot tall black man that wear hoodies and jackets and hats and you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. I, the, the, the type of clothes that I wear, they tell you, take it off when you walk into the store. Right. You know what I mean? And so and because there's a there's an image of what, you know, crime looks like, like and, and as you identify, there's an image of what um, terrorism looks like. What empowers like white people to commit all the mass shooting deaths, the ideological mass shooting deaths. And I want to point out that when we say ideological mass shooting deaths, like they're literally killing people based on like what they understand about the world. Mm-hmm. Like only only the, the, the alt-right goes so far to say that they have, they have such a beef with blackness that they willing to shoot up a grocery store. Yeah. And while we see here... Like Kyle Rittenhouse driving across their lines to go kill people he didn't even live near. And, and with no fear, yeah. right? With no with no fear of repercussions, repercussions or consequences. And so when when we're when we well, keep on, but I, I got something right after that. And so when when we're sitting back asking like like what makes what makes these type of things possible, it's the simple fact that they I, I don't I don't believe that they're willing to go as far as to you know them feel the fact that when you come into a black community, you could be a shooter. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. If we, if it's a, if it's a black, if it's a grocery store in a black neighborhood, like they need to feel what it feels like to, for for us to be like, hey, why, why, why is, why is he here? Right. What is he doing here? Like, why he got that big ass coat? Security. Hey. I mean, you and check out this white boy at the, at the front. And that's the difference, right? Is you see, we when I, at least for, I'll speak for myself and my experiences when I see white people. And, and, and I've kind of changed, right, because of things like the the, the mass shooting in, in uh, South Carolina and Charleston, because of what happened at the grocery store, I definitely look a little longer and look a little bit more interesting at your mannerisms and how you move. You're no longer able to just fade into the background. But for me, for a long time, seeing white people in very black spaces was just like, hmm, an anomaly. Wonder how you grew up. Where'd you grow up? How you, why are you feeling so comfortable to just walk in here? Like, what yeah. led you? I'm more objectively and generally curious about what led you to want to do your business and spend your money around all these niggas. But I'm not really thinking, right. you know, before all of this kind of crazy shit. Like, where that come from? You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, live around here. Like, what's good? Um, 
it's, and so like I'm kind of thinking like that, but it's, it's not crossing my or you just fade into the background. You were just white noise, no pun intended. To to the rest of my experience, I'm not finna sit up here and be enamored with your presence if I'm around other niggas right. either. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of just like you get right, to right. exist and be very benign in that and kind of live and exist. And it's just like hey, white person was here. Whereas, but, but yeah, right, like you're well, an well, interesting well, let, me, let me create this distinction because in other right. spaces and when black people go to white spaces, we become hyper visible, right? We mm-hmm. become immediately criminalized. We become hyper suspicious, mm-hmm. nigga. What 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 displeasure are you coming to bring to this space? What ruckus are you about to cause? What great misfortune am I about to experience due to your presence? And so, I our very essence, right, brings up and you know it becomes uh, what is the word? It magnetizes. Right, the negativity toward it. Whereas in time before this peak in white terrorism, white people just got to come to black spaces and just kind of be anomalies that we were like, maybe we should give you more credit than I'm giving you right now. You know, which is weird. Which I mean, and, and actually, when you think about it though, Toya, white people being in, in any other space always spell doom. Mm-hmm. It always spelled doom. White people show up at some tribe where white people tra- traditionally wasn't, somehow that tribe got wiped out. They mm. show up in a land. Not of that that wasn't their own. Two hundred, three hundred years later, they control every inch of it, right? Listen, like so. I used so, to call it. I used in debate. In debate. I used. To, I'm gonna give you a little little side story in debate. I used to talk about in any arguments where it was like argue that some marginalized group should link up with the police, right, or link up with the state, or link up with the government for something. I used to run what is called the kiss of death disadvantage, the kiss of death disad, and basically the logic behind this argument is historically anytime white people get put or put the or the state gets put and peppered in, that's the kiss of death. You can kiss whatever revolutionary mm-hmm. dynamic is is, is cooked. Right, because mm-hmm. that by nature, the capacity to infiltrate the ill will, the alternative agendas, the extremist orientations will always undermine and undercut. Here's one of my favorite words, usurp uh, the ability yep. for that particular movement to be impactful or successful. Right. And that's because it's happened historically time after time after time again. Right. I mean, and that's and, and that's because it's a like I did it's a it's a few I'm gonna be real with y'all. The chop up is about to just start standing on some shit that people attempt to try to tell you not to stand on. Identity politics is one of those. People ca- people call out identity politics as if it's one of them things to where it's like, oh, that's just something people force. No. People started identifying identity politics because they started understanding how identity shape, how we understand politics. Real ass life. You know what I mean? And we as people. You feel me? And so it's like, so what has happened to the, when we talk about identity politics, that's what gives... You, the National Geographic, the ability to walk in and be like, oh, we're looking at this African tribe. The same way yeah. that white people now on social media go into the hood, go into all these different places. Like one of the biggest YouTubers uh, that, that about gang culture in, uh, in, in Chicago is a white boy that right. I think is in Europe. One of the biggest YouTubers that talk about gang culture in Chicago is a white man. Right. You don't know how many videos I've seen of white people going to Chicago and making their voyage to the O Block. So, oh, and taking it's like videos. A, it's, it's I seen a video uh, recently of some white boys in the Marcy Projects. Like, oh my God, this is where Jay Z used to spike and crack and be like, oh, it's, stop. The tourism, right. the cultural tourism <laughs> has to stop. Right. So, it's like, it, 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 so it's ultimately one of them things to where it's like the, the things that white people have been a part of throughout history in any other context would, would, would be so criminal 
that it has to be kind of like that. That except, I mean, the term American exceptionalism exists for a reason, right? Like everybody else has to be under some type of guidelines. Everybody else has to be mm-hmm. under some type of like, hey, that shit ain't cool. But America, like the shit that we get away with, yeah, you know I mean, wow. like it, it, it's really, it, it's really one of them things that would be considered a, like again, like a, a human rights abuse. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Anywhere else. But I, I think though, when we when we look at, um, and I really want to get your thoughts on this for you. When when we view these type of reports, right? When we look at the fact that, um, like the 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 enemies of of black people, the enemies of black people uh, are so violent, and like they're active with their violence. It's not just it's not just a rhetoric. It's more mm-hmm. so that they are willing to commit acts of violence in order to kind of express. You know how much they don't rock with us. I feel like I feel like we've gotten to a point where we should definitely prioritize gun ownership and changing our orientation to guns. Because I'll be the first person to admit, because it because it's something that we have to prioritize now. Like it's something that they think like we can't look at these type of numbers and be like, yo, hey, just to let y'all know. The people that shooting up the most people as a whole are right wing extremists. Black people, they don't rock with y'all. Jews, they don't rock with y'all either. Gays, definitely on the hit list, right? Mm-hmm. Then we got to start kind of thinking about it in terms of like, okay, then what do we do? Because we can't trust that the government is going to do something about it. They, mm-hmm. the FBI, have already known, and it's still little that they've done. Uh, I also can't. I, I definitely don't want to end this conversation without pointing out. That there was this white man in Las Vegas that was just arrested for planning a um, a, a racist black targeted mass shooting. Mm-hmm. Just arrested. This happened. This has happened within a day. Right. So like we, we're we're blessed to not have to you know sit through the news of numerous black people being murdered because some white boy right lost his job because that that, that that was the circumstances mm-hmm. in, in in this particular case. But I think what's happened is that. Because of the uh, 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 gun violence that we've been associated with, because of gang culture, like even even me myself, it wasn't until I got older that I was like, "Well, I want a gun," because like I I've, I know so many people that lost their lives to gun violence, and I was like, "That's that's not something that I need in my life." Right. But the more that we see, like the people that don't, <laughs> you know, what I mean, shooting shit, like yo, now it's like, okay, I think we should prioritize gun owning, like responsible gun ownership, and detaching gun ownership from criminality. Because that's that's where it's that's where it's kind of situated. Um, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on that though? Like in terms of like not necessarily the gunship, but like in terms of like what we should prioritize, like with we, with this type of information in tow. It has to not fall prey to these extremists. Is that what? You or mean? just I mean, not just a question of falling, not just a question of falling prey to them, but just like when when you hear this type of information. Like when we're when we're finding out that the people that got the issue with us are the most violent people, like socially as a whole, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because because uh I guess to, to to make it to make it a bit more clear, um when we talk about this type of violence, as as much as many divisions that exist amongst black people, when these people walk into a grocery store or a place where there are a lot of black people, they're not asking who's a conservative and who's a democrat. Right. They, they they don't want to know what's your sexual orientation. They don't want to know you black. 
so you become a target, right? And so, like, as as something that's uh, like something that we as all black, this type of violence is something that impacts all of us as black people. What is like what what becomes a priority socially for black people in your mind? Um, I it's hard to say. Because I feel like any organized moves by pe- black people end up being criminalized by themselves, right? The last mm-hmm. time we decided to rally around and not with a, a message of hate and frustration, but just a uh, and, and just a, a declaration, um, both for ourselves, but mostly for the people who perpetuate these types of crimes. And I'm talking about Black Lives Matter, right? We were turned into extremists and made to be, you know, understood as high propensity criminals who are looking to chase the boogeyman of white whiteness and whiteness and white supremacy and that really don't have a meaningful or justifiable cause for being as upset and as collectivized as as we were right and so it's hard to say what we should do because I believe and agree that there should be a massive influx and I was like you I don't want to touch no gun right I'm I'm not into I've held a gun twice two Maybe three times in my life, 10 seconds tops. <laughs> Shit, it might be 15 seconds total that I actually held any of these firearms in my hand out of those three times. And I was just like, it's too heavy, it's too much. The, 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 the possibilities are too vast. I'm cool. And But I, I truly believe if there was a movement and an uptick for Black people to take up arms, which they could still legally do, there's nothing legally that would be able to, you know, right. disallow us. We would show up to the gun shop and they would have to sell us those guns. But we will become targets way faster than the white terrorists that we've already seen in our real lives commit actual crimes, right? And and completely murder mass groups of people. We would become the criminals before we ever even got a chance to participate in anything, let alone it be retaliatory or in self-defense, right? Right. Before we, we just, our existence with the guns and a mass uptick in Black people buying guns. I can see the news reports now. There's a report being released that over the last... Uh, 18 months, there's been an uptick in black people arming themselves. Da, 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 and the fear. The, yeah, the, them reports have been, been coming out for a while. I mean, and yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, I'm certain. And so it's hard to say. I say all this to say TLDR, black people collectivizing under one idea, under one unified movement. I'm black I'm, I'm black, and I'm proud. Black is beautiful. <laughs> our, our, our ancestors and our icons being eradicated. And they took the, I'm just trying to spread positivity route. So I would be stunned. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And what Winter Winter Dragon said, the Black Panthers are the only reason uh, we have most of our gun laws. And this is a great example of what happens, right? They not only go out and will kill us and pluck us off the street and make sure they shoot us first and over-police our neighborhoods and make sure they tear us up, but they're going to be in there in the House and in the Senate, honey. They're going to have Congress people and and and, and uh, uh, representatives from all over the place laying out. Right, but listen, just I, you know, I, I don't think that, that, that more and more gun restrictions are there, which, you know, might be a battle one for some people, but the criminalization of Black people can't be the, the ends that justify the means. And I tell you, I don't disagree with you. But when I look at these numbers, niggas get strapped. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're get, like, because we can look at it like, because I mean, because you're right. We do have to understand the, the we, we do have to understand the ways that like when these like we become like over policed. Black people with guns is already like black people are are already over policed, and we already know how they reacted to the Panthers. So of course, how would they react to us today? 
now, especially now in the era like the post gang violence. Now you got the drill, and you know, so it's a lot of it's a lot of still like a lot of that culture left. But at the same time, it's like that's what I mean. Why we have to reorient ourselves to how we understand um, guns in the first place because the people that don't like us simply for existing, they got guns. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's the like that that becomes mm-hmm. like it, it, it ends up becoming the great, the great equalizer because ultimately when when it's you know when it's one of them and you know 15 like like 100 of us in the grocery store he's still gonna end up going to jail but how many is going how many of us are we gonna now gonna have to bury yeah you know i mean because it was it was so one-sided and and you know it and i think it's a, it's an entire like ethical conversation about the history of man the introduction of guns into society what that's done for you know how like conflict resolution you know all those type of things right but when four, when three hundred and thirty something people have died because of white supremacy, because of right wing extremism, because of bigotry, right, like ideological bigotry, we're not talking about three hundred deaths because of survival. We're not talking about three hundred something deaths because of self defense. We're talking about three hundred something people dead simply because they believed, lived a life, or represented something that stood outside of the white supremacist norm. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean, like that's like that's something to where it's like like we at, at, at a certain point again, kind of going back to what we <laughs> I like I get you, Toya. Like I, I just I you. struggle with this so bad because I just I I do not believe that shaking and stirring more niggas in a room with guns makes anything better about <laughs> anything, and that's what is so disgusting and so problematic about. The yeah. fact that just guns already exist the way that they do in the status quo is because there is no balance in this checkbook. You know what I'm saying? There is no, I don't think there is a good way. I mean, and this is, I, I just, it, just guns, like I we saw the good, we've been seeing an uptick in good guys or good people with gun scenarios. I believe just mm-hmm. a few months ago, there was a situation where a guy came in trying to rob a restaurant or everybody in the restaurant and somebody had a concealed carry weapon, took it out. And I'm talking about shot him, like, but shot him, 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 shot him. And I was just like, Jesus, help us all. Like, yes, help. Jump in, intervene. But it's too, I just hate guns. And I hate the fact that they exist. I hate the fact that somebody was like, man, we about to make an explosive. You can put in your pocket, nigga. We're going to take some metal. An explosive you can put in your pocket. And we're going to send the metal out as fast as we can. And when we, You know what can't do? Nobody can't stop that flesh. Just who was like, that is some barbaric, trifling, terrible ass shit that, you know, it is horrible. And I just don't think. That I, I I hate the fact that I have to agree that you are correct that regardless of how I feel these niggas got guns these specific niggas got guns, but I'm gonna stand by the fact that that shit gives me anxiety thinking about what we have to do to be able to meaningfully keep up with that threat. It makes my head, it makes my stomach turn and my head hurt. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's upsetting. I, I want to get to uh because Van's comment because Van's comment uh speaks to more of. The more civic way to handle things, and he mm-hmm. he encourages black hospitals, schools, banks, etc., building different models of cities that give us the reins. Black mayors, city councils, and representatives doing it at a local level. More insulated is really the only way. Uh, and, we, and and that's something that that I that that I agree with. You know, I always encourage like the the like the civic approach. But I think what ends up happening is like also like you know because the example that's always used is like Black Wall Street. What happened to Black Wall Street though? 
Like, I mean, even it's a it's a black man I went I wanted to talk about on the show that has I think over a hundred acres of land in Colorado. And I mean, when I tell you they are harassing the yeah. like don't yeah. want him killing his crops, killing his cattle, burning up shit, tearing up shit. And it's just like, bruh, they are so hell bit and incessant, not only on creating the drama, but then looking the other way and pacifying it in courts of law and not holding people accountable. There's no reason why this man has been, I think, for over two years now, probably longer than that, been dealing with the worst versions of harassment and stalking and vandalism and property destruction that is just anybody can see that. And there's nobody in jail. Because it's the, it's, it's the police that's doing it. And, that, and they don't want us to have shit. It's, it's the police that's doing it. And so, it, it and again, white terror, right? Like, it's, it's, it's the same reason why people will attempt to equate uh, the Black Panthers with the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> when you look at and, and this is this actually gets me to my next point, right? Like twenty five out, out of twenty five total deaths uh, in extremist related shootings, ten of those deaths came from the uh, Tops grocery store shooting, mm-hmm. right? Ten of those that half that half that is Black people, regardless of where everything else fell. Right, um, people are black people. What? So then, so then, so then, what happens? Uh, actually, because I, I want to get to Tori's comment. Uh, because I, I do think I do think that they make an interesting point. So all of these suggestions have been done and ultimately infiltrated. At this point, I propose I propose going back to Africa, facing the issues there, globalizing the diaspora from home and the front. Uh, and he continues by saying. Preparing for a racial revolution, real talk, it's inevitable because whiteness is that pervasive. And and I definitely agree with how pervasive whiteness is. Where I disagree, though, is that Africa is actually enduring a lot of the circumstances of white supremacy and racism that we endure here in America. It's just they just do it under the label of transnational capitalism. Whiteness doesn't. Uh, uh, whiteness controls the resources in Africa. A lot of a lot of African countries don't even necessarily control most of their own government. You got the Chinese government or Chinese corporations coming in, building um, uh, building ports, etc., with a hundred year leases. You see what I'm saying? So it's like the the, the issue is is much deeper than location and low and and proximity to whiteness. When transnational capitalism makes it to where you can colonize the the uh, the, the entire continent of Africa without stepping foot on it, right? Um, but I I would be remiss if I didn't make this a more political conversation. Then you know get deeper into the politics of it to you. And so like when we when we look at the fact that we're looking at 2022 being dominated in terms of like mass violence by right-wing extremists, we have to reapproach how we uh kind of characterize the political spectrum. Specifically, the left versus right, the Democrat versus Republican uh, conversation. Because correct me if I'm wrong. I, I know you'll do it anyway, but correct me if I'm wrong. You know you're on mute. Uh, oh, no, I was uh, just saying, I didn't know I was on mute. I was saying I'm happy to correct you if you're wrong. So go for it. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. But but I, we really have, like, 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 let's look at the data on the screen, black people and, and anybody else watching. <laughs> uh, but let's look at the data on the screen. Yeah, 
2022, all extremist-related murders were committed by right-wing extremists. How the hell can y'all then? How the hell can y'all then tell me that ain't no difference between Democrats and Republicans? And and this ain't even and this ain't even a jump out the window in protection of Democrats Thank because you, like as as black leftists. We all we we agree that demo, that there's a very specific criticism of the milk toast democratic image, right? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Cornell West. However, we do ourselves a disservice when we sit back and just be like, it's all the same. Because when y'all can't, if you can't tell me that somebody went and sought some shit up because they was watching MSNBC, then they ain't the same. We can't mm-hmm. say that. That mm-hmm. conversation is done. We can have the com- we, we can we can have the conversation about what's wrong with the Democratic Party. We can have the conversation about what's wrong with liberal politics. We can have the conversation about what's wrong with liberal politicians. Saying they the same though. Nonsense. Five, point point out the all twenty five uh, uh, ideolo- uh, uh, ideological deaths. All uh, the extremist related shootings were done by people that watched Fox News. So you correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have a correction to make. <laughs> I think I agree <laughs> a whole lot. And I think, you know, this is why nuance is important, right? That's one of the words that we enjoy and kind of love and care about and protective of as arguers, right? As, as scholars and academics who have taken time to not only take research, but also critical thought and argument that allow for people to push their political perspectives. And I think the, the the rich level of nuance have been what have allowed for us to really uh, get into real deep conversations and bifurcate and separate how we understand shit so that we're not painting things with broad strokes and misunderstanding this mis- insincerity most of the time of the specific shit we need to be focused on. So I if I don't have this. Now we have we we we've had a lot of we've had a lot of conversation about uh voting about you know political pragmatism those types of things um from your from from your perspective uh does 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 this i mean i guess i i guess because we've it's, it's a lot of shit that we've been on the same page about but like is there is there anywhere you would say like now we need to change like how we understand the political spectrum like how I, how we look at those, you know, how we look at Democrats versus Republicans. Well, like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, because like I think I think what the the problem that I had the the biggest issue with is just well, or not even had the issue with, but what I think is like detrimental is the whole, um, you know, they're 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 the they're the same. Yes. Like, um, who? But when you say who's making these statements, who is over? Who is homogenizing them to the point where they are being? I feel like I feel like you have at some point. Interesting. <laughs> you have two. I mean, we all have. I think on this show, no, no, we, no, have, we have it like two to two degree, two degree, right? We we, degree, we all yeah. have. Well, yeah. I'm just trying to say, but, but, don't, but make, actually, don't make me speak for and be accountable for shit we've all agreed with, which is in some ways, in some capacities, Democrats and Republicans have been two sides of the same form, right? They've been degrees of. And, and, and had levels of moderate deviations from certain things. But a great example is with the police, right? With a question of policing and how we deal with the police, we see these are two people with the same interests who don't want to disrupt the constituency that they have or the constituencies they have with the police. 
and with American policing, but also want to do lip service and attend to a very exasperated society and a public that is not interested in them. So I think in those moments, it is a very valid statement to say, look at this shit. This is a tomato and a tomato, baby. They the same thing. You just saying one with an accent. Like I don't understand. But don't, but don't, but don't this, but this don't fuck that up though. Right wing extremists. Look, point out the left wing extremists. There aren't any left wing extremists, but I think this is a time where I evoke the the, the healthy dose of skepticism. <laughs> wow. <laughs> where I still I think anybody who is willing to rise to the level of extremism, I ain't gonna say that because sometimes some radical actions need to be made, but I'm, I trust niggas to do it more. So I'm gonna always be suspicious of white people who are just like, I'm about to kick it up a notch. Like, y'all don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that, are, that are considerate and conscious of the, I feel like, because I feel like those types of, we, and we've talked about the pitching. Like of violence that white people like I don't think that it would protect okay. niggas in those interests. I think that's still a gamble. I think that's still I want black people to lead my revolutionary movement. I want black okay, people to okay. I'm sorry. I, I think I know what you're saying now though. Okay. I think I know what you're saying. Because 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 what I what I would agree with with you on is I do think Vance I do think that they are the yeah, I, and, and I'm I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to Vance, but there's some other comments we're gonna get to too. It's I'm gonna get to Vance. I got you. I'm gonna get to you, bro. But I do think that there are ways, and this is what I think you were. This is what I think you're saying. You're alluding to. Mm-hmm. I do think that there are ways that even Democrats and liberal politics get in the way of the government's ability to really view white terrorism as a threat. Like, I uh-huh. think that, and and it goes back to the part of the conversation that we were talking about where it, like, where, it's, where we're just, where we were, where we, what empowers it? And it's the inability for even white Democrats to go far enough. Like, even Joe Biden, like, the, the like, it, with the extreme nature that we got from Donald Trump, right? Don't you think that, like, lip, like, if, if it was really like a pendulum, it would have been mm. it would have swung extreme left, like right, like we would have ended up with Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I mean, but what stopped it? What stopped the extreme swing to the left? The liberal moderate. Yes. The liberal moderate. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that, but I can I can concur. Because that's how we ended up with Joe Biden. True. And, and you know what I'm saying? And so it's like when, when you look at it, it's it, again, when we get back into identity politics, there's the, the whiteness takes hold. The whiteness takes hold, but I think, and this is where anti blackness becomes a unique phenomenon that I can even evoke in this moment, and I'll tell you why. The radioactivity of blackness, right? means that anything within the gravitational pull of it gets sucked into whatever is perceived as blackness and gets dealt with and interpreted on those terms. So when you see an extreme white person or a person who has extremist politics that is that that end up being uh, uh, just, just happen to be white, they end mm-hmm. up being associated with, and we've talked about this plug, so jump in because I know you're going to get me an amen. They end up being associated <laughs> with being woke 
anything yep. that is too woke end up ends up being niggified. Anything that yep. ends up niggified ends up being extinguished. Right. Yep. So the reason why we haven't seen left wing extremism is that and, and, and I think Vio said this earlier, Vio was talking about MAGA and the incessant appetite and desire to go back to a place of simpler time where times were like this and like that. And so people get to romanticize that with right wing conservatism. Right. Until it goes too far. It's all about going back to the good old days and to the to the sensibilities that we had as a society and the things that just kind of worked and functioned for us and that people are able to look back too fondly about. But we've never actualized the world where leftist politics were the law of the land, where the status quo and we deviated from that. Never. So yep, when we, 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 because we don't have a perception of that and a way to look at it, when leftists start coming in and start talking real big and bold, they like, oh, that's that nigga shit. Gotta go. Get you out of there. <laughs> and so anti-blackness happens even yeah. when there is no blackness present. Right? Yeah. That is the radioactivity of being grouped and scooped, categorized with the ambitions of niggas, with the desires of the world black people want to live in. The world is not prepared for a black world and any concessions we give to left-wing extremists are concessions we give to niggas running the law of the land and we cannot let the inmates run the jail. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that, right? Yeah. Because he says can't let the inmates run the jail. It's funny that you say that because when you think about it, we haven't had a leftist president. No. We no. haven't had a leftist president. We so we if you go back to Clinton, Clinton was a was a moderate, right? I, uh we end up we we end up with Bush conservative. We end up with mm. Obama. As much as people want Obama to be. I mean, you know, let me stop. At this point, we all know what Obama was. The drone strike president, the first black president. I mean, Obama was the Jackie Robinson. You know what I mean? He was the first nigga that was was suited for the role. That was suitable for the role, right? Not a leftist. The whole Mm. reason Joe Biden was his vice president was to give him access to moderate Democrats that felt that- The whole reason why- I was just going to say the whole reason why Bernie Sanders was appetizing. They like, that nigga didn't go hard enough. Look at somebody else willing to go off the deep end on some shit and say it out loud. Exactly. And so we haven't had, like we, we've always had Democratic presidents that was willing to make concessions to the middle, right? Mm-hmm. The conservatives had a whole president that like had, had a whole president that was like, nah, fuck concessions. Matter of fact, I'm going as far right as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's let's Absolutely. let's not ignore the entire and, and then let's not ignore the entire uh reports that came out about the Trump effect. How uh when, when Donald Trump did a campaign rally or did a speech anywhere, there was a 200 percent increase in hate crimes. Yeah, like there was a unique relationship with right-wing conservatism, you know what I mean, and and and, and anti-black violence that because conservatives is, is conservatism is attached to the overall white political spectrum in this country where we end up is still with protections of these motherfuckers that we know is causing violence to us. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the United I don't feel like the United States can properly deal with white supremacist terrorism mm-hmm. because that's still they people. It's the same reason why motherfuckers <laughs> just be confused. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the yeah. same reason why motherfuckers be confused why like People be like, oh, you know, those drug dealers. And I'd be like, wait, stop. Relax. Be cool. Because then it's my people. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> then it's my people. Regardless of the, like, uh, you know, the how you question what it is that they do, them is still my people. Mm-hmm. Well, to, to, to Democrats, to Chuck Schumer and them, to Nancy Pelosi and them, remember, they still colleagues with them, with them, uh, with them Republicans. 
You know what I mean? Yes. Even even go uh, and go to baby showers and shit and go do lunch and tea and all that when it's all said and done. When they turn them C-SPAN recordings off, when we, you know what I'm saying, when we're not watching what's in session, they go and they people godparents and all types of shit. And these comments is blowing up. I see y'all definitely. Yeah, I was just I was just about to say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna scroll up and I'm gonna scroll up and go. Uh, let's let's start with. Okay, we're gonna start with Vance. His his uh, they're two sides of the same coin, fam. I said it earlier. Conservatives is just overt with it, while liberals are subverted with it. Mm-hmm. Vance already responded to you, bro. Like that's my point. Them being overt with it does not equal like the, the it it doesn't justify the type of violence that they're also overt with. And yeah, that I mean, overt he violence. That. He was saying yeah. that. I think he dropped that comment at the point where we were kind of massaging in kind of the aggressive nature and the openness of it, right? Mm-hmm. But also kind of, I think agreeing with me a little bit that it, to an extent, right, they, they exist yeah. on similar planes in similar ways. There was a, Leron has also been blowing up the chat. Leron said there, uh, there needs to be a third party to this two-party bullshit, trying to see the other side when the other side is bullshit crazy. I hate it, right? And that's, I mean, I I think one of the most unfortunate fixtures of our political system right now is that we are, and it seems like forever and ever, amen, locked into this really bifurcated two-part system that dichotomizes shit when it's so many people who live in the gray, so many people's lives Mm -hmm. are are in the gray, gray. Like, people are a lot more queer than they think, right? Queer, this is the notion of the idea of being Outside Not the norm. Rather outside of bounds, unable to be fixed and understood and located in any particular uh, separation or deviation of space, time, body, orientation, reality. And in a lot of ways, we are queer America. <laughs> we live, we thrive in the gray, as a matter of fact, which is where we prefer to be because we understand that shit gets complicated. Linda been blowing up the chat too. Go ahead and read what they had to say. Uh, Linda said, white Democrats know that they're going extinct. So they sit yes. on the fence. Joe Biden is sitting on the fence. He allowed 100,000 Ukrainians into the country who will no longer be called Ukrainians. It will be added to the fake pseudo-white population. Mm-hmm. He is just an undercover white supremacist. Mm-hmm. And I kind of made some statements about this when he first got elected. And, like, liberals got in my ass. Like, they was like, you're a Trump supporter. You're a... And I'm like, y'all clearly don't pay no attention to my content. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, whatever. Um, but that's, that's a great point, Linda. Van says... Also, it's important that we denote the difference between liberals and leftists. Those people were liberals. Black Panthers were leftists. People who embrace socialism and communism. Go ahead, so and then Vance continues by saying Biden is a liberal. will never have a leftist government in this country. America is terrified mm. of the idea of socialism or communism. Right. And I mean, but and then also, you know, that like that, that uh, like uh, black nationalism, which is viewed as let's not get it incorrect. Black nationalism is the idea that black people are. I actually are in control of the politics of their community. That's it. Yeah. I know we got to be clear about things like that because when you talk about black nationalism, people start thinking like, oh, you want to take over the country? I'm exactly. Like, no. Ah, can we have like black city council people? Like A little on shit. Because I mean, and this is important <laughs> because when you talk about that, you've seen what's been happening. I think you and I were talking about what's happening in Jackson, mm-hmm. right? The blackest city in Mississippi and how... They no longer have the ability. I forget the 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 way that the 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 elections played out, but it's like two separate justice systems. Exactly, which is yeah. going back to the segregation and the Jim Crow era politics that got us to looking at places, hot spots like Jackson, Mississippi, as places where change was deriving from during the civil rights movement mm-hmm. in the first place. And now they're taking huge steps back. 
Um, let uh oh, uh, Winter Dragon said corporatists are just friends with much bigger and wider drug dealers. Facts, corporatists <laughs> is what we call capitalists. Like those yeah. are those are like capital C capitalists. Like they they're the ones who make the uh, economic system run around. Yeah, to answer LeBron's question, yeah, Clinton was a Democrat. He's a Democratic president. Yeah, and and again, when we say when we say Democrat, they're moderate Democrats. Like, and so that's that's essentially like they take the Democrat label, but they they rock with whoever gonna help them get whatever political agenda they're trying to get across. Yeah. Um, Linda, another another show we gonna do because we said we was gonna do the other show, but uh, but another show we gonna do is on critical race theory. Yes. Because we about to stand on, like, at least I'm about to stand on that shit. And me and Terry <laughs> have some conversations that we about to have, but you're about to see more critical race theory content on on the chop up show. I'm not about to stand on it too. Um, I'm gonna stand on it as well. <laughs> I'm stand on it. I don't know what toy on. We support critical race theory here. We speak through critical race theory. We literally listed. Well, we talked about George Yancey today. You uh, mm-hmm. name dropped Frank Wilderson today, right? These are mm-hmm. names that you should be familiar with that have. Uh, been a part of the twisting and turning of the wheel in conversations about critical race theory and how we start to understand these things. So we'll go back and talk about people like uh, Derek Bell. We'll talk about the roles that people uh, 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 like uh, uh, Audre Lorde, like Toni Morrison, Various literary figures, very various legal scholars, Kimberly Crenshaw. There are so many people who we can talk about who have put bricks in the house of critical race theory uh, that will get there pretty soon. But it, but essentially, it's really just a lens to understand the way that the law works in this country. Uh, again, it's another way. It's another way to interpret what, the way law intersects with identity politics. Mm-hmm. So y'all stay tuned for that information as well. Uh, who else we got on here? Uh, Question, didn't communism start out of the Red Scare? The, the Red Scare, scare started because of communism, right? Communism was a particular uh, political and social organiz- organizing tool that was then, uh, 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 what do I, I want to say? Uh, propagandized, right? Mm-hmm. Created and presented to Americans in a way that was meant to make us fearful of that particular organizing way and political system um, and structure, which then, set us up to exist in a way where we were rejecting communism as a political orientation. So, yeah. Right, which is is, is another tool of uh, propaganda. The last question we got for tonight, um, what will we do for the next presidential election? Vio, get ready to vote for Kamala. My lord. I'm saying it, I'm saying it now. Get ready to vote for Kamala. You think? I mean, I, I, I just, I don't, I can't see Biden, I can't see Biden running again. I can't see Biden. Well, I mean, but you think Kamala is gonna make it? I don't. I don't. This is a great conversation for another time because I know we're about to end sure. it. But I just am very <laughs> interested. It's it's a double edged sword because as much as I don't see her being the Democratic nominee because I don't think she's been given a lot of the grace, a lot of the respect, a lot of the kind of general leeway we give to vice presidents. Like a lot of people, are like what the hell has Kamala been doing? She's right. been doing what vice presidents do. She's been in the cuts, like going to meetings and shit. Um, but. On the other side, I also don't know that the Democrats can produce a viable enough and attractive enough candidate that we don't already know about that's not already already on our radar that will captivate the hearts and the minds of a very fragmented Democratic Party to get them on the same page. So in a lot of ways, Kamala wins by default in my brain, even though I don't think she has the support of the Democratic voting base or just Democratic voters in general. So it's going to be crazy. But we're not even Democrats. We're not Republicans. We independents. We vote for people who make the most sense. 
And, you know, for me, sometimes I don't vote at all because I don't be feeling that shit sometimes. So it just kind of depends <laughs> how it crumbles. <laughs> right, right. No, but I mean, we. Dominique got his black card revoked last year because he admitted that he didn't vote for Barack Obama either time. So I just want to be clear yeah. that, you Thank know, you. we do all types Thank of interesting shit around here when it comes to um, people. Now, before now before we get off the question of voting, let's just remember that uh, it more than likely Ron DeSantis is will be Jay the Rudy's Republican. Hell. Yeah, that's why I put him up there. And Jay <laughs> said, "Nah, fuck, you ain't voting for her." But, but, but yeah, that, but to be clear, um, Ron DeSantis is looking like the uh, Republican nominee. He's currently looking like the Republican golden child, and he's made his name off book burdens. So mm-hmm. if y'all elect the book burning motherfucker, the president, just because you don't like, I mean, again, if, if there's other people that we can organize and effectively get behind to vote for, I am with it. But let's be clear. Let's be clear. Remember all like all of 2022, the mass ideological murders that took place happened because of right wing extremists. That means we don't need another conservative president. Right. So when people when, when black people are talking about this question of uh, voting for the lesser of two evils. Like it's literal, like this isn't just a oh, like I'm voting for somebody I disagree with. Right. This is literally the lesser of two evils. Like we don't need to be empowering more right wing extremists. Right. Just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, VO said AOC, Bernie. We'll see, right? I mean, I mean, again, it's it's it's, it's a lot of time to go. You know, it's a lot of. I don't, ways to go. I don't see either of them being viable candidates. AOC is not right. moderate enough, and the establishment is not old, and they they still are here. They they are they are not like uh who's who's the white lady who just decided that she was going to move along from here from Southern California got an airport named after her. Um, ooh, about she eighty. Very popular. Uh, yeah, Mama. yeah, I know you. I'm gonna remember it as soon as we get off. Um, you know, but even Nancy Pelosi decided not to rewind for her position as speaker. Like they're finally starting to matriculate on out of the way, but I don't think ALC has the support. She's not likable enough. She came in shaking the table real hard. They weren't really banging with that. And so I don't think she's gonna have the the push and pull to get the support. People gonna say she's too young and shit. They also gonna be anxious about her. And she a Latina woman. That's still a bridge we got to gap. I don't think they prepared. Bernie is too yeah, old. He's another old white man, so he's gonna catch a lot of flack from that. On top of the fact that he doesn't see, he's kind of like um, uh, Stacey Abrams in the sense that he gets a lot of buzz, but can't get. He just can't, can't get, get over the hump. Can't, can't get, get over the hump, right? And so I don't. I don't know. I don't think that he's gonna be that guy. I don't think he's that guy. And I mean, I wouldn't even mind him being that guy. I just don't think he's that guy. So, right. yeah. uh, but but we'll 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 get into the voting conversation when we you know as as we make our way through. Plus, I you know I'm working on some content to to have more of that little bit of conversation because Toya do not be trying to fuck with me when it comes to that type of shit. But with that being said, no, um, I definitely all types of bad pictures of me, bad perceptions of me for our chop up show audience, chop nation. I hope y'all know the truth. Because <laughs> be like riot on me if weird moments and weird times, and I'd be wanting to let that shit rock, but I'm somebody. I got to stand up. Gotta keep on, my, sister in the, um, my sister's in the somebody. chat. She can cuss you out, so don't talk crazy to me, please. Tiffany, you're not gonna cuss me out. Tiffany, Tiffany will cuss you out. out. Tiffany's about that. Tiffany's with it. We're Tiffany's about that. We're life. family. Anyway. Uh, but hey, uh, it's so listen, listen. If y'all want to go check this out, uh, the Anti Defamation League. Uh, most recent report uh it's just you know it's, it's right up there when you go check it out if you want to read the actual get the actual numbers for yourself get the actual information for yourself 
is there for you to look at research over me search murder and extremism in the united states 2022 understand the world that we're living in today go ahead Tori. oh i was just gonna say winter dragon said uh alc is legal to run 35 is the minimum age i agree that's the minimum age to run and she would be qualified to run but they're still going to invalidate 35 as being too young i don't think we had a president in their 30s since jfk and so i don't i don't know if they're gonna get off of that and yes tiffany absolutely would knock your block off Let's hurt. go. Uh, said, <laughs> AOC and Kamala the same age. I think Kamala probably got like 10 to 12, maybe even 15 years on AOC. So she's a little bit older. <laughs> right. They're not quite the same. And fact check, Wonder Dragon said AOC is 33. So either way, we still, gotta, we, we still got some time. These are all political conversations that we love having with y'all that we're going to have at a more specific time, a specific date. But y'all been rocking for an hour and 15, 16 minutes and 58 seconds, 59 seconds, an hour and 17 minutes with us. And so uh, see, and Kamala OG, she about to be 60. Um, <laughs> we gonna let y'all out of here for tonight, knowing that we are excited for an amazing march, a bunch of great conversations to come. We're gonna talk about critical race theory. We're gonna talk about gangs within police departments, specifically in the LA uh, Sheriff's Department and how you should not be surprised if there's also gangs in your local police department as well. We're gonna get into uh, it's Women's History Month, so we're going to be touching in and tapping in on that and having some unique conversations about the prolific and dynamic nature of some of the women in our lives who shape our realities. Uh, it's just going to be a good month. So every single Thursday night, don't miss out. Pull up on us. Pull up on me. What the little boy say? Pull up on me. Make sure y'all don't miss it. Because me and the plug going in, we're having a great time. And the only thing that's going to be missing is you. Okay, so every Thursday night, 7.30 Pacific, 9.30 Central. We know it's a late night grind, but we appreciate y'all for tapping in with us and staying in as long as y'all do. Um, Linda, hey, actually, what's up? And throughout the, well, throughout the week, make sure y'all engaging with us on the Instagram. If yeah. y'all have Instagram, make sure y'all liking, following, commenting on the Chop Up Show. Uh, we keep we keep y'all tap, tapped in. Make sure y'all get the right information. Uh, as well as the the, uh, the the content that we put now on the YouTube page. So y'all stay tuned. We're getting it in. Anything else? Hey, we love y'all. Thank you. Went to Dragon. We try to have these tough conversations, but y'all make it easy. Y'all, y'all throw in. Y'all fact check us. Y'all keep us right. Y'all add perspectives. It's a team effort. This is why we are the Chop Nation. Hey, drop the music. We out of this thing. We see y'all next week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.